Today on The Girl Defined Show, we have a super special treat for you guys. Seriously, this is probably my favorite episode to date. I had the most incredible conversation with J.P. Pakluda, author of Outdated, Find Love That Lasts When Dating Has Changed. And you guys, I asked him the hard questions. We went to places that I know you want to go where you're like, we need biblical wisdom and insight in this. How do we think about this whole modern dating thing? Dating isn't mentioned in the Bible. How are we supposed to view it today? I asked him how women know if they have the gift of singleness. We talked about what to look for in a guy, how to know if he's a leader, what about online dating, or how much weight should attraction play in a romantic relationship, or what about this? You're dating a guy and you find out that he's struggling with porn. What should you do? Should you break up? What if you're struggling with porn? How do you battle sexual compromise in your relationship? We talked about red flags and so much more. You guys are not going to be able to turn this episode off because it is jam-packed with goodness. So get your seatbelts on. Let's go. This is going to be a conversation you do not want to miss. What's up, everybody? It is Kristen, and oh my goodness, do I have an amazing show for you guys today. You may recognize this man right here, J.P. Pacluto. We are going to be talking about all things relationships, dating, um, singleness, sex- sexuality in a relationship, struggles, pornography. What if you've never been asked on, on, on a date? So many questions that you girls email us every single day. And J.P., I will tell you that relationships, romance, Guys, all of the things around that are, that's probably the number one question that we get in our email inbox. And so I know our community of women are going to be sticking with us till the end of this conversation. You guys do not go away. Yeah. JP, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Kristen, for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I I see you guys on the socials and I know that you've helped just so many people around the country uh, on these topics. So I'm excited to jump in with you. Mm, Likewise, likewise. Okay. I have to ask you straight off the bat though, because we get this question all the time on social media and it's single girls emailing us or DMing us and saying, are there asking, are there any godly guys left in this world? Because I can't find them. So what do you say to those girls? (laughs) Yeah, no, there are, there, there are God fearing men in this world. But I mean, if it feels like a needle in the haystack, it's a little bit that way. I mean, most of the men in the world are not following Jesus. And so, again, if it feels that way, that's because that's reality. And so I always just say, don't lower your standards, Mm -hmm. lengthen your patience. And I don't mean for that in any way to insinuate a lack of empathy towards that girl that is waiting and has been waiting and waiting and waiting. And I just, all I mean by that is don't compromise. Like, God desires you, if he desires marriage for you, he desires you to be married to someone who is well married to him. Mm-hmm. And that guy may be challenging to find, but there are some things that you can do that that makes it a little easier. One of them is not compromised too, is is be around and in places where those guys hang out. And, uh, and so you, you know, but they, they are there just to, yes. to answer the question directly. Yes. And we're going to dig a little bit more into that later. What can girls do to express interest or say, Hey, like I want to get married. What can, we're going to don't go there yet though. Cause that, I know so many girls ask that question too. So many women want to know, like, is there anything I can do besides just waiting in the sense of like trusting the Lord? Yes. But any steps we can take proactively. Um, this whole topic is something we are really passionate about here at Girl Defined. And I know you are too, obviously with your book outdated, um, which I encourage every single person watching and listening, go grab a copy. You will not regret it. It is phenomenal. It is so good. Go grab it. And then we wrote our book, Love Defined, which is geared toward wit. It's for women navigating this whole path. Um, but what, like, why did you write this book? Why did you write a book about love, dating, relationships for the modern young person? 
person. Yeah, so I, I led in a young adult ministry, which was predominantly single. And so tens of thousands of single people that I gathered with every Tuesday. And so, and I did that for over a decade. And so of much course. of ministry, Kristen, is just pattern recognition. And so I see, I had a front row seat of boy meets girl. I saw the relationships come together. I saw the ones that were wildly successful. I ended up doing some of their weddings. And I saw the ones that crashed and burned. And I saw some of the hurts, habits, and hangups that would just drag people down. And so you just start writing down those patterns. And then as you observe them, and as I would spend time in God's Word, I really saw the brilliance of God's word that would speak into how relationships should form. Now, obviously, Genesis to Revelation in the Bible, dating's not in there anywhere. And so just like to, to ruin the punchline, if someone's like, where is dating in the Bible? It's, it's not in there, not anywhere. But God does speak a ton of wisdom into relationships, how to form relationships, how to keep relationships, and how to, you know, be married well. And so if we take those principles and we begin to apply them, uh, you know, they work. They're, they're timeless. They're tried and true. And so that's, that was, uh, along with that pattern recognition being documented, that's really how this book, Outdated, was found. And, and I saw that, you know, dating really was changing with, with the invention of dating apps, uh, the statistics around marriage. People are getting married less, married later, and marriages weren't lasting and as I thought about, hey, I want to change the world. I want to impact this world for Jesus. What do I have to offer? And I realized, well, it, it's really if we can change the family unit, like if we can catch uh, a person when boy meets girl or before that moment and help them avoid some of the things that seeks to destroy their marriage long before they ever have ever met their prospect, that may be my greatest opportunity to change the world for the cause of Christ. And so yeah. that's how Outdated was born. Oh, I love that. Was this something, this perspective, this worldview on relationships, this biblical worldview, was this something you had when you were dating or is this post-marriage for you? Great question. No, the answer is no. And I want to say that with uh, with an explanation and a, and a disclaimer. The explanation is I didn't come to know Jesus until after college. And so I was raised in the church. I went to a parochial or church school for nine years. But college for me, you know, they say drug, sex, and rock and roll. In my case, drug, sex, and hip hop. I just, I partied my mind out and, and I had no idea how to treat a woman. And I really, uh, I was addicted to pornography, uh, grew a, a sexual addiction into my adult years. And so when I met my wife, neither of us were pursuing Jesus. And then I was at a club 20 years ago and someone invited me to a church and I sat in the back row hungover and Christ just invaded my life and changed everything wow. about me, especially how I dated. And then I was really married shortly thereafter. So a huge heart for this is to help people avoid the mistakes I made. And some people will say, well, you, you got to, you know, quote unquote, sow your wild oats or treat yourself or, you know, do what you wanted to do. And it's like, man, I did. And I have scars. And if I had a do over, I certainly wouldn't. I would, I would do things way different. I, I would, if I had a do over today, I would follow the outdated playbook or love defined playbook, you know, uh, to a yeah. T because I, I want, God's best. And the reality is I have consequences that I've invited in my life because of the way that I lived. And, and they're not the things that you would think of. Uh, they're, they're the fact that, you know, for a long time, uh, in my marriage, like we, we threw around the word divorce because I didn't know how to love a woman or be committed to her. Um, I had, I had a real, uh, addiction to variety 
through pornography. So I didn't know how to be satisfied by one woman and all of these things that, um, that the world is just, it's just normal in the world, which is why divorce is normal in the world. And so I want, I want something better for your listeners than even what I had. And I love that you are saying that looking back on your own journey of seeing God's grace in your story from before you were married to after, because I know there are women watching and listening who are thinking, well, am I just too far gone? Is there any redemption in my story for the mistakes I've made? I see it more clearly now. Um, but is, is there a biblical path I can walk that will lead to, yes, there are consequences, but will lead to a place of freedom and hope and a beautiful Christ-centered marriage. And and I see that in your marriage with you and your wife, Monica. And I think that testimony alone brings so much hope to a person looking on. Yeah, there's two messages there. And, and it's an absolute yes. And the enemy's going to tell you no. So anytime you hear you can't or accusations, you're ruined, you're not good enough. Hey, look at prom night. Look at the abortion. Look at that. Look what you did here. Uh, that is the accuser. Like that's the language that he speaks. He wants to keep you in that prison of shame. But Jesus came so that we would find freedom. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, Christ has come so that we might have life and have it abundantly or have it to the fullest. That's John 10, 10. And so absolutely, and no one that is listening, I don't care what you've done or where you've been. I don't care how many people you've killed. I don't care how many men you've slept with. I don't care how many videos you've shot, like anything, right? Uh, you are not ruined. Like God can take your mess and make it your message and even your ministry. And I am absolutely living proof. Like when somebody comes up and tells me that God can't forgive them, I'm like, look, I'm the preacher on the stage. I'm, I'm the one talking yes. to you and teaching you the Bible. And I'm the, I'm the chief of all sinners like Paul was, you know, who, who, by the way, killed women and children and became the greatest uh, missionary of all time. And, and the other message that's important is it might be work. I mean, it's going to be surrender, but you don't want to be like an ostrich and just like bury your head in the sand and isolate and get by yourself. Like you need to, you need mm -hmm. to take steps forward. You need to seek recovery. You need to heal. Don't keep secrets. You know, like if there's abuse there, talk about it. Find someone that you can trust that you can talk about it with or people that you can trust that you can talk about it with and begin to tell your story. And God, the Holy Spirit will heal you and give you a path forward. He really will, but there are steps that you need to take uh, in doing so. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens, right? Like bring, <laughs> surround yourself with believers and invite them in to the broken parts of your story for sure. So what would you say is the biggest problems with modern dating? I know that's a huge emphasis in your book is a better way. So what, what would you say looking on and having worked with so many single people and continue to minister to them? Um, what do you say? What are some of the biggest pitfalls of modern dating today? Yeah, I want to be honest and, and say, I don't think it's just a little broken. Mm -hmm. I think we're really off when you say modern dating. And so I, I really believe that the way we date today does not train us or prepare us for a healthy marriage. It trains us systematically for divorce because since the fifth grade, we get in a relationship, you know, we go to dances, everybody's talking about, you know, who likes who and, you know, who's dating who and who's girlfriend and boyfriend and whatever. And we're in a relationship with them until we don't like them anymore. And then we end it, right? Or until our emotions or our feelings of fate, and then we end it. This is like divorce 101. Like if I was going to brainwash somebody toward how to have a divorce later in life, you really would just have them date the way that we do. 
And, uh, and so I think Which is that's so counterintuitive. Like you wouldn't even think that cause it's so it's the way you naturally go about it from a young age. It's like, Oh, you're cute. You make me happy for this moment. Okay. I'm going to chase after this. So, so number one, we train for divorce. Number two, we have really bad advisors. And so it's like, if I, um, if I'm taking advice from, um, like if I wanted to learn how to swim, Right. I'm not going to talk to somebody who's never been in the pool or, or doesn't know how to swim or they're afraid of the water. Right. They're not going to be my swimming instructor. And likewise, if I'm trying to figure out how to be married well, I'm not going to take advice from someone who's been divorced time and time and time again. And we like Hollywood and the media are our biggest instructors on how to be married. It's movies and shows like The Bachelor and it has a terrible hit rate, you know, out of, you know, 40 something shows, you're talking about 17 relationships that exist. And we don't know the health of, of many of those. And so it's, it's just not a good ratio. It's not a good statistic. And yet that's who's telling us, here's how to, here's how to date and here's how to be married. And so we have really bad advisors. And, and then lastly, I would just say what's wrong with dating today is we've prioritized the wrong things. And so it is, you know, it's love at first sight. Physical attraction is ultimate. It's all about chemistry and and common interest and uh, th- those kinds of things. And those, you know, charm is deceitful. Proverbs thirty one thirty says, charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so those are depreciating assets. And so we in we put all of uh, the value on things that are fleeting and going away so that when we get in the relationship and we're both shallow and those things start to fade, there's nothing left to hold us together. We don't really like the other person. We don't like their character. Um, they're, they're not a, a woman or a person or a man of noble character. We liked his charm. We liked her beauty. And when that fades, there's nothing left. And so I think we have to learn to invest or value in the right things, take counsel from the right places, and then really learn to date different than the world does. That's so good. You and your wife have been married for 15, 16 years? 17 years. 17. My husband and I just celebrated 10. So we're feeling really old. Congratulations. But it's so true. Like that honeymoon phase and that initial attraction it does wear off. And even if you're married to like the hottest person on the planet, it's like, okay, why are all of the celebrities getting divorced? Like if it's just about chemistry and attraction, like it's something's not working. It's like, we need to open up our eyes and just kind of look at the facts and go, okay, something's not working. We need a better way. So this is a loaded question. It's a huge question. Give us your best like nutshell answer. I'm bringing all the hard stuff for you. Um, what is a better way? Like what is a biblical way you said earlier dating isn't in the Bible. So some of our listeners are like, okay, so is dating even the right way to go about this? What is a Christ honoring way to pursue relationships in today's day and age? Yeah, dating, you know, dating is a, is, is a relatively new idea. It's about 120 years old. Uh, the, the word entered the English language as a euphemism for prostitution. It's a true story. People don't realize that. To go on a wow. date meant to exchange sexual favors for an experience, which honestly, that's the root of the word and still very much the way that the world dates. And, and so I'm not trying to kiss dating goodbye. Like I'm not trying to get rid of it. It's here and it's, it's the way that, uh, our culture finds a spouse. And so I'm, I would just try to redeem it or you, you might say, uh, define it correctly and just to say, okay, so what does it look like for me to one, know what I'm looking for? Like, 
I'm, I'm never like if Monica sends me to the grocery store for milk, I'm not going to walk in the, you know, refrigerator section, open the refrigerator door and stare at all the milk options and just say, you know, how do I feel? You know, which, which milk do I feel like is rest, yes. like is best. She's, she's going to say, you need to get this brand, 2% organic, you know, blue label, red cap. Then I'm going to look at that description and I'm going to look at the, the types of milk and I'm going to commit to the one that matches the description of what I'm looking for. So first, like know what you're looking for. Don't just don't kind of get there and say, well, I just know what I know. And it's all about how I feel. And I'm going to follow my emotions because all we've done is followed our emotions in and out of a relationship. So step one, you have to know what you're looking for, which is really to understand, you know, God's desire for us. And then and then step two, as as I know what I'm looking for, it's like, OK, where should I look like? Where am I going to find the, the type of person that I'm looking for. And, and then step three, bring other people into that relationship, like have community and others speaking into that and, uh, and helping advise me so that when my heart, you know, just gets away from me that I, I know like, Hey, is this my, the part of my heart that's controlled by the spirit? Or is this the, is this, um, me following my emotions and the feelings and, and all of those those kinds of things. And then really, and this is the one that usually surprises people is date for as little time as possible. Like how long is it going to take me to determine if they meet this criteria? Like, and really, as I go on the date with them, I'm just trying to confirm that they are who I I think they are, if you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard you say that dating is the job interview and marriage is the job. I love the way you phrase that. What does that mean? Unpack this for, unpack that for us. Yeah. And so it's just like, it, you you go into the job interview, um, right? You, you're wearing your best suit. Like if you're a guy, you're wearing your power tie. If you're a girl, you're wearing your best pantsuit, your your nicest your dress. You've got your resume folder. You, you don't walk into the office and say, hey, let me tell you everything wrong with me. You know, you say, hey, here's why I'm going to be best for this job. And you probably have gotten jobs that you didn't enjoy or that you weren't good at and uh, that you struggled in, right? And and maybe because you oversold yourself or, or they didn't ask the right questions, who knows? But who wants to stay in interview mode, right? You're, you're in that interview because you want to get the job and the job is the commitment. Like that's where the, the benefit comes, comes into play. Like that's where you become a part of the company, if you will. And, and you can really use your gifts well, in the same way. I mean, dating is the interview and, and in dating, people put their best foot forward. They usually don't lead with, Hey, here's all the things that are wrong with me. Here's the baggage that I'm bringing into this relationship. No, they try to look their best and be on their best behavior. And so in that interview, I'm just trying to find out, who are they really? And and so that I can get the job because the job is when we're committed to each other and we're protected and there's no shame and it's safe and and we can begin to experience the benefits of of a of an intimate relationship and and grow a family and all of those things. And so of of you know the three categories: singleness, dating, and married. Dating is the worst of the three. Uh, you know, that, that's the one I would do for the littlest amount of time. Singleness, you're uninhibited. First Corinthians seven says, you know, you're not concerned about the affairs of marriage. Um, and then married, you, you get to in, enjoy intimacy and grow a family and, and those things. Uh, dating, it's, it's just, 
it's not it's not the benefits of either one of them. It's like, hey, I'm in a relationship. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's like you're stuck in in between land. Yes, that's exactly. Right. Like just get get on either side of it. It's going to be so much better. How does a woman know if she has the gift of singleness? I've heard you talk about this, and I love the way you approach this question because we have the I would say the majority of our listeners are probably single. And if you're married and you're still with us, I am so glad because this is great content for you to know how to speak into the lives of your single sisters, your yeah, your sisters, your cousins, your friends. Like this is such good biblical truth. But for the girl who's like, I'm getting older, I am single, I long for marriage, but how do I know if maybe God has the gift of singleness for me? Yes, uh, I can tell you with one question, 100% accuracy, if someone has the gift of singleness. And so again, I've just, I've done, I've done singles ministry for over a decade. I've gotten really good at this and I've never missed it. I've never been wrong one time in my entire life. I can, I can tell you all of your listeners because they heard they're listening to this podcast. They are about to find out with a hundred percent accuracy, whether they have the gift of singleness or not. And it's really, it's not even a quiz. It's just one question. And here is the question. Did you wake up or I'll just say this right now, are you single? And if the answer is yes, then you have the gift of singleness. And we always think about the gift of singleness as some sort of terminal mm. calling or chronic situation. And it's like, no, that the Bible does yes. not speak to it that way. It's like, if I'm single today, then how do I use that gift today? Because every James tells us every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of Heavenly Lights. God only gives good mm-hmm. gifts to His children. That's Matthew 7. And so if if I have a gift from God, I should assume that it's good and for the purpose for the purposes of God, right? And and so I should ask him, hey, how do you want me to use this gift? Now, I don't know if I'm going to be single tomorrow, next month, or two years right. from now, but I know that today that I'm single, so I shouldn't resent the gift. I should look to use the gift. I shouldn't try to, you know, seek to lose the gift, but understand how I can use the gift. And so, you know, Matt, Jesus says, Paul, Paul says that singleness is a gift in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We should trust God's word. But he's really plagiarizing the words of Jesus in Matthew 19, uh, where Jesus says that there are some who are celibate for the sake of the kingdom. He says, not everyone can accept this, but those who can should. And so it's like, if I'm single, then I'm single for the sake of the kingdom. What does it look like for me to be single for the sake of the kingdom? And that's really what it means to use the gift. Yeah, that's so good. It just brings so much clarity. It's it's so simple. It's like I ask, I have some younger girls that I mentor and regularly I'll ask them, well, what is true for today? Like what is true in your life for today? And what is God calling you to walk in faithfully today? And I love the way you put that because it does. It brings so much purpose. Like, yes, I have this gift today. That is true. And am I stewarding it wisely? Am I being faithful for God's kingdom in it? So good. Okay, for the single girls who are like, Ugh, okay, I'm going to grow in embracing this as a gift, but it's really hard. Is there anything I can do as a single woman to let a guy know I'm interested or to say like, hey, I'm single and I I really want to get married? What can she do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would just say if you want to let a guy know you're interested, you can tell him you're interested. <laughs> and so I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, it can be controversial. But if you want yeah. my opinion, mm-hmm. I just see like in Romans 12, like love must be sincere. And I, I you know... I've been a part of messages. I've even said things in the past that I probably disagree with now. It's like, hey, you can, you can do things to let them know you're interested. You can, you know, uh, but I, I just like you. You could say, hey, you know, if you ever 
wanted to ask me out, I would say yes. <laughs> I, just, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't see that biblically condemned personally. So I love that. And I think a lot of girls are probably shouting amen right now. Um, what about for the girl who is feeling like marriage has become an idol? What would you say to manipulate? She wants to get what she wants to get. It may not be God's timing. What would you say to her? Yeah. And so I would say like, that is, I do think that is the challenge. And so I'm going to speak in some generalities, which is dangerous because I I think it's easy for people to feel misunderstood, but I'm, I'm speaking in general terms and certainly there are exceptions. And so if you take a guy and you say, okay, what is his, his, his biggest struggle? And, you know, maybe it's pride, but a lot of times it's lust. Um, he, he has, this is where he's gotten tripped up. And so if I take a girl, like some girls certainly struggle with lust. That's absolutely true. But if I was to stereotype or generalize what I see, it most often is control. It's like, hey, they want to control the situation. And that's where you want to just test your heart and say, hey, am I trying to control the situation? Am I being sincere? You know, what, what am I doing when I, when I like this guy? And as you talk about making marriage an idol, it, we need to understand that God made us very programmable beings. And there is a real cost to driving down the road and feeding our heart with our thoughts over and over and over. And so you think it's innocent to be like, gosh, I really like John. And John and I's kids would be so attractive. And we would name them Tyler and, you know, Preston and and Finley and and you start and, yes. and I bet we'd have a dog and the dog will be a German shepherd and a white picket fence and we'll live in the suburbs and you go there in your mind and that seems so innocent but it's not innocent because it's I'm, feeding I'm raising my hand because I, I have been guilty of that many times yeah I know I know and and it's but you're feeding your heart something and you're beginning to live in this in this uh hypothetical I'm going to say reality in quotes because it's not a reality. And, uh, and then you, you feed that idol and that idol grows. And then before you know it, ladies, you are mourning the breakup of a relationship that never happened. John didn't even know you were interested. John didn't know y'all were dating in your pretend world. And all of a sudden, John's dating Mary or Jennifer or Kimberly and, and you're devastated. Because in your heart, you were married to John and y'all had two kids named Tyler and Preston and a German shepherd and a white picket fence. And he didn't know it. And so you got to be careful. I would give your thoughts a 24 hour boundaries, like live in the presence, not in the future and, and just say, okay, what is reality? And the reality is I'm attracted to John. Uh, John doesn't know I'm alive <laughs> or, you know, I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to insult right, right. you. And, in this hypothetical scenario, but, but you should know what is reality and keep a death grip on reality. And, and if you get to a place where you're like, you know what, I'm in a healthy place to date. I'm interested in this guy. I don't know if he's interested in me and I don't want to spend a lot of time wondering. I may just ask him. There's also nothing wrong with you saying, you know what, I'm not going to ask him because, uh, I'm going to see if, if he takes initiative. 
I will say this right here. Sometimes you are choosing your problems. When you take initiative, um, you know, you may not get to see how much initiative he's willing to take, meaning he might be really apathetic in life and not have a lot of ambition or drive. And that may be why he didn't ask you out or take the first step. And, and so in doing so, you might be choosing your problems. You need to be aware of that. I'm going to, I'm going to want to find out if I'm that girl and I say, Hey, I'm interested in dating you. If you'd ever want to ask me out, I'd say yes. And then when we go on a date, I'm going to find out, Hey, did he just not know? Like, did he not notice me until then? Or does he lack ambition? I'm going to want to know the answer to that. Yeah, that's so good. I'm so glad you brought clarity on that because I know every woman I talk to who's single, she's like, yeah, I want the guy to be able to lead. <laughs> like, I want him to be able to lead in the relationship, to lead spiritually. If we do get married someday, that's hugely important for me. So for the woman looking on, what are some signs that he is a leader, that he is taking initiative? What should she be looking for? Yeah, I always say leaders remove confusion. And, mm. and so ladies, you know, you wonder a lot, like you just, you wonder if he's going to text you, if he's going to call, you wonder if there's going to be a second date, you wonder how interested he is, you wonder where this is going, you wonder when you're going to get married. And so if, if he's a leader, he, he's going to not let you wonder. He's going to be really intentional with you and say, Hey, I really enjoyed tonight. Uh, I would like to do this again. I'm going to call you tomorrow afternoon. You know, he's just going to remove some of that confusion. I think another thing that, you know, that he's going to initiate on is just impurity, right? And so if his hand is moving toward anything other than a ring, right? It's like, that's, that's a guy that's probably not controlled by the Holy Spirit. And uh, as you spend time with him, like one of the things that you're going to see is, is his constraint, like his willingness to say, man, I, ha- I feel all of these things for you, but I, I don't want to act out on those and dishonor you. And sometimes ladies are like, gosh, does he even like me? Because you're used to right. guys showing you their uh, affection through physical touch. And he's trying to fight, you know, his, his feelings of lust. And, and then that battle, it can create some confusion. And so he might say, listen, I am very much physically attracted to you, but I also want to be careful. Um, because I know that left to my own, um, selfish desires, I would go much further with you physically than God intends for me to. And even those kinds of the, having the, had to have the maturity to have those kinds of conversations. Uh, is is amazing, and so those are, that would be the kind of guy that I would be looking for, someone that initiates like that. Yes, yes, that's so good. And it's not perfection; it's direction. We say that regularly. Girls are like, "It's like, no, no, you're not looking for a perfect guy. You're looking for a guy who's moving in the right direction, who's genuinely seeking the Lord, repentant when he sins." Like, though, that's what you're looking for. So. My husband and I mentor a lot of younger couples. Um, It's so fun. We love it. We've done some premarital counseling. And time and time again, I feel like the thing that trips up these young Christian couples who we know they genuinely want to honor the Lord, they desire that, but they they just keep getting tripped up by sexual sin in their dating relationship. And they're, they're serious couples intentionally dating, you know, hoping to get married. What would you say to young couples? What can they do to fight this? Because it does seem so, so hard. Yeah, you know, one thing that we both agreed on earlier, is just like date for as, you know, efficiently and effectively as you can. Like it's, you, it's a good thing that you guys want to come together physically. Like that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. And so your, your body was made to do that. God wired you to do that. Um, and, and you really don't want to restrain that for like three or four or five years. Like people tell me, well, we've been dating for four years. I'm like, that sounds miserable. Yes. 
Why would you do that? Like, even if you've been successful in restraining your physical desires, you're not supposed to. Like, you're not supposed right. to be able to go that long. And so, uh, I, I'm not a fan of of dating for a really long time. Uh, two, I would just, you know, as as much as you can, be in public. Like, that where you are really matters. And so, I don't know of anyone that has, uh, you know struggled with sexual sin in the middle of Starbucks or at the mall, right? It's it's always, yeah. well, we were watching this romantic comedy and we were laying down on her couch at her apartment and her roommate was gone. And so it's like, if you can just avoid that situation, like that's more than half the battle. Uh, don't, don't date alone in places where there's no accountability. And then that word accountability, I mean, have, have sisters that will ask you like girls in your life, that that love you that will say hey i know you went out with john tonight you know are are you home how did it yeah. go mm-hmm. and you know were you guys pure like did you did you honor the lord in in the things that you did and said and thought and to have that accountability is really good. The proverb says, whoever hates correction is stupid. And that's such an abrupt word. Like it sounds so unloving, but it, it really is Bible. And I think there's so many of us that we don't like correction. We don't want accountability. We don't want other people speaking into our lives when the scripture calls us to that. And it's for our own good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of women that I've talked to, um, whether they've met their guy through online dating, which I do want to ask you about that in a minute. I know we're almost out of time. Um, but so often girls will say, Hey, I'm dating and they'll, they'll confess to us through girl to find whether email or DM us and say, and I'm struggling with porn or I just found out the guy I'm dating is struggling with porn. And it's not like a one, one thing here and there. It's like he's, he's really struggling. He's trapped in it. Um, how early should a dating couple bring up those kind of topics that are so common in the struggle that we face as modern people? People. Yeah, I think in a in a perfect world, like let me say the ideal scenario is, you know, you guys know some of the same people, you 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 know, you you've served in the same ways at, at similar churches, you know, you've been to the same events, like you just you're just kind of doing the same church things. And so you really have an understanding of how healthy they are before you are on a date with them. But if that's not the case, I know that can be ideal. You know, in early in the journey, I, I would just want to know like, hey, what, how are you committed to purity? Like as we spend time together and I like you and you like me and, you know, we're obviously uh, not just, you know, trying to build a friendship here. It's some something more than a friendship. You know what is what is your commitment to purity look like, and and that's in a good that, question. I like that. Yeah, and in it's that, more you, generic. It's not like, hey, do you struggle with porn or what's your conviction on this? It's it's a little more generic. Kind of leaves the door open for more conversation. Yeah, and in that, I think you can even say, and 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 even like personal purity, like is, is just an, mm-hmm. another way to say that. And so it's like purity, meaning like where 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 are you hoping to take me between now and the altar? Um, what are you open to doing, you know, um, and how committed to that are you? And then just like personal purity, is there any, is there anything in your personal life that would make it unwise for you to be spending time with me right now? Like, do you have things that you need to work on? And that's, that's different, you know, than saying, Hey, you know, are are you enslaved to masturbation right now? Are you enslaved to porn right now? You're just saying, Hey, is there something in your personal life that would make it unwise for, for me to allow my heart to move your direction right now? And uh, I think that that can be a great question for people. And, and then I just want to say this, 
to that girl who is in a relationship with a guy who is addicted to porn. One, I know that can be really devastating to find out, and, and I'm so sorry. But a lot of times I'll get asked, like, hey, what do I do? And I think you need to see that as like, hey, I'm I'm in a relationship with a guy who is committing serial adultery. Like he's he's regularly having sex with other women, and and that sometimes brings clarity to the question. Is I would say, man, I would let him get well. I would let him heal um, because that he's not going to be a good husband to you. And if it's you, if you're the one that's caught in serial adultery, right? Then you you need to have the maturity to say, you know, I'm not going to be a great wife to someone right now. I want to take a season and let the Holy Spirit heal my heart and grow my affections for Jesus so that I'm no longer, you know, going to this sexual sin. And I can, I can learn to with strength, with, you know, not follow my own urges, uh, but re- restrain them. So much clarity comes when we put things in biblical terms, right? Like serial adultery, it it sounds so much more severe because it is than just saying, oh, I kind of have a little porn struggle. You know, like the world, oh, it's just, it's no big deal. Like it's not a problem. But when you put it in biblical terms, it's like the weight of it is so much more real. How much weight should physical attraction in general play in a romantic relationship? You hinted, you hinted at this at the very beginning, but I know I've talked to so many girls and one that's very close to me right now, and she is struggling to even consider a guy who asks her out, the godliest guy in the church. This happened because she just wasn't attracted to him. And she's like, I don't know how much weight I should be placing on this. It's hard for me if I am literally not attracted to him. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of like, what do I do if I'm not attracted to him is, is another yeah, way to ask like, that question. Yeah, and like, should she consider? Yeah. Like, would you encourage, because I know girls love to hear from guys yeah. on this, would you consider yeah. her, like, hey, give him a chance anyways? Yeah, it's so easy to be misunderstood on this question. So one, I'll just say, like, up front, like, I'm not asking you to be a martyr and say, oh, you know, you got to find the <laughs> ugliest guy out there and just, like, take one for the team. I don't think it's that. But he loves the Bible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I think you, you need to be, he has to be someone that you like want to partner with, you know, in life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if, if he is a God fearing man and you're not attracted to him, I would begin to ask God to search your heart. Like, Lord, why am I not attracted to what you find attractive? And so it says in, you know, first Samuel 16, that God does not look at outer appearance. He looks at the heart. And so it's like, God, why don't I look at what you look at? You know, why am I looking for a six pack or, or, you know, an MD, a, a medical degree, or, you know, why am I, why do I value these worldly things, dimples or whatever, you know, how do I find attractive God, what you find attractive? And would you, would you tune my heart to that? Two, I would just say, you know, that, that guy, you know, his hair is going to fall out and, and, uh, you know, his teeth are going <laughs> to fall out and, and probably not a lot of your listeners are attracted to, uh, an 80 year old man. But by the grace of God, hopefully their husband one day will be 80. And and so you have to have something much more than physical attraction. And so I would just say how important it is, is it attracts. It brings you to the conversation, but it's going to change. The scripture tells us it's fleeting. And so I, I know we're, I'll say this really quick. Like if you think about your hand, 
um, you know, your thumb is your posable thumb. Like you want to be complimentary. Your finger, your pointer finger is like, hey, you want to go the same direction. Your middle finger is something you can communicate something with really abrupt. So uh, I would say you want to be able to communicate well. Your ring finger is a commitment. Like, hey, you want to be, you want to find someone who's committed. And then your pinky, you know, it's, it's, it's there. Like you don't want to not have a pinky, but it's also not the most important. And, and that's kind of where I would put physical attraction. It's like, man, it's, it's, it's a great thing to have. Um, but it, it changes and it's not always the most useful thing. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Okay. As we wrap it up, a few more questions here. I have to hit on red flags. You did an episode. I saw this on your podcast. So good. And I know you talk about this red flags. What are they? What should a girl, what, it, like she's looking at this relationship, she's dating a guy, or maybe she's even looking from a distance. She sees him at church. People are recommending him. Hey, he's awesome. What red flag should she be? Should she have her little antennas up for? Yeah. I mean, I think we hit on some, you know, just like yeah. if he's sexually promiscuous, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're looking like, is he controlled by the spirit? If he's controlled by the spirit, you're going to be fine. And so the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so if he has those things, right, sometimes it's easier to look for what is there than what's not there. And so if he's, if he's controlling, you know, that's a red flag. If he's given to anger, that's a red flag. If he's given to, to his lust, like he has no self-control, he follows his, the urges of his stomach, his appetite, right? That's a red flag. That's what Philippians says. You know, their, their God is their stomach, meaning they follow their appetite. They're enemies of the cross of Christ. And so you're really just trying to find a guy who is committed to Jesus. And I know that that can be challenging, but make sure you're looking in places where guys who are committed to Jesus hang out and you're, you're hanging out in those friend groups. I mean, like you're finding community in those places. And if you do that, you're going to be fine. You don't do that. It's You're going to make it so much more hard, so much more difficult on yourself. Yeah. The girl who is listening, who's maybe mid twenties, a little bit older, she's never been asked out and she's hearing this conversation and she's just like, if a guy would only ask me out, then I could start taking some of these steps that they're talking about. What would you say to that woman? I would say, and it's really where we started, you know, don't, don't lower your standards, lengthen your patience. God sees you. He loves you. He hasn't forgotten you. Um, I know this is no consolation, but stay with me for a second. This life, it's, it's just a test. It's, it, it feels like a long test, 76 years maybe. It's really a short test. The scripture says, but a vapor. And nobody in the history of the world has ever gotten to heaven and said, God, why did you keep me single? And everyone is married in heaven. Like we, we are the bridegroom of Jesus. Marriage is a metaphor that teaches us about Christ's relationship with his yes. church. And so when you get there, you're going to be married to Jesus forever and ever and ever. And I know that sounds so cliche and trite and a platitude, but it's true. It is, is, it is a reality that we live in. And so use your singleness well. You're not just waiting, like live your life, you know, like live your life, like go places, go on a mission trip, learn skills, you know, uh, build your career, all of the things, serve in your church, like live your life, have friends, do community, uh, travel, see the world. Your life doesn't start when you're married. Your life has started right now. And, uh, and all the while hang out where if you desire marriage, hang out where guys who are marriage material hang out. And, t- and listen, this is good advice. Tell your married friends that you would like to get married 
and just say, hey, do you know of any God-fearing yeah. men that you think I would be a great match for? Would you please let me know? And like, tell them, and you're not, that's not an act of desperation. Monica and I love to set people up and we're good at it, you know? Can we Kristen, send, can I'm we sure, send your way? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure y'all, you know, the similar, yes. right? It's like, that's fun. And so, yeah. um, you know, tell, tell them, just say, Hey, I, I'm really looking for someone to spend the rest of my life with. And, uh, if you know of anyone, man, don't hesitate to set us up. That's, it's a good mm-hmm. thing you can do. I love that. I had a a single girl recently tell me like, hey, I've said this before to you, but I really, really, really mean it. If you know any guys that you would be willing to set me up with, I am ready for that. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. It's good for us married people to remember like, hey, we have a, a role in how we can support our single brothers and sisters who desire marriage. Like we can play a part in this in helping them, really. Okay. Last question. What would you tell your younger dating self, what is the number one piece of advice that you would give to your younger dating self? Yeah. I mean, I think Matthew six thirty three immediately seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added. That's not super practical. You know I mean? It, it like people are going to roll their eyes at that. So I would say, <laughs> um, my number one dating advice would be, I, I mean, I think if you just know what you're looking for, right, that's simple. I mean, that's practical. Like, hey, what is it that the, that God tells me that I should look for in a husband? Speaking to ladies, and and just know so that when you meet him, like, is he that? And if he's that, like, when you find that, like, commit to it, you know, or be willing to commit to it. And so, I think that's a that's really practical and and something that I just I never did. It was all about how do I feel? How do I feel? How do I feel? Yes. Yes. So good. JP, thank you so much. You guys go grab the book. If you aren't already ordering it on Amazon right now, you should be the minute you turn this off because you will not regret it. I think the person that we choose to marry is probably one of the biggest life decisions we make outside of salvation, right? I mean, that is a huge decision. So why would we not soak, like get in God's word and buy resources that help us grow in this so we can make a well-informed Christ-centered decision in this area. So thank you so much for bringing so much wisdom. Thank you so much. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Like, way, way to go. You're, you're so good at what you do, by the way. And uh, I'm encouraged. And so I, I pray the Lord blesses your listeners and blesses the show. Thank you. Where can people find you? Where can they follow you? So uh, Jay Pakluda on Instagram. I do something called Friday Q&A every Friday, answer questions. And um, Jonathan and Monica Pakluda on Facebook, jonathanpakluda.com. Uh, my last name is P-O-K-L-U-D-A. I'm at Harris Creek uh, Church here in Waco, Texas. And yeah. fellow Texan. Let's and the go. podcast, did you say the name of your podcast? It's Becoming Something. It's called the Becoming, Becoming Something. Something Podcast. Awesome. JP, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Love it. Thank you. Okay, sisterhood, what did you think? Oh my goodness, right? That was incredible. Sometimes when he answered, I was just floored. I was like, that is so wise. Like the way he unpacks truth, the way he brings the biblical timeless truth to the truth to this modern conversation of dating and relationships and just helping us see the bigger picture, helping us work through some of the nuances. I absolutely loved it. And I hope you did too. Please share this around with all of your single sisters, all of your single friends, anyone you know that would really benefit from this conversation. 
go share it right now. And if you loved this and you love the content we're bringing you here at Girl Define, please leave us a five-star review. That helps other women just like you find this podcast. You just can quickly head on over to the Apple Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just drop a quick five-star review. Let us know what other topics, what other guests that you want us to have on the show because we read those comments and they really help inform us on what you're into, what you want to know about, what you want to grow in, and it helps us create shows that are tailored for you. We love you, sisterhood, coming out with us over on Instagram at Girl Define. And don't forget to grab a copy of JP's book, Outdated, and also grab a copy of our book, Love Defined. I am telling you, if you take the time to read both of those books, Outdated and Love Defined, as a single woman or you give it to a single woman, their lives will be radically changed in the area of dating, love, romance, and marriage, which is something that, uh, as we learned in today's episode, is a life-changing decision, right? So don't don't delay. Put in the work. Put in the resources. Learn and grow. Um, these resources are available for you, written for you guys. I love you so much, and we will talk again soon.